0: On today's episode, we visit an incredible wildlife sanctuary where the world's last living dinosaurs depend on people like you for their very survival. And we continue on our mission to make a life sized tyrannosaur. My first attempt met with some challenges as our dear DeLong crumbled in my hands. But the blend of science and art roars onward, and I have a 21st century solution to this Cretaceous calamity. A secret weapon to build our dinosaur. And it's right here, in this bucket. This is gonna be awesome. I'm Jimmy, and we're building d Paradoxus, the earliest known member of the Tyrannosauridae. We know a surprising amount about this dinosaur. Its remains contain a nearly complete skeleton, skull, and feathers. Model makers begin with drawings called skeletal reconstructions which are painstakingly created by paleo artists to fill in the gaps and render complete skeletons but hold up you can't just make up dinosaur bones that aren't there how do you fill in the gaps we use the complete dna of a frog to fill in the holes and complete the code This is why it's so important to figure out to which family tree your dinosaur perched. Finding key fossil structures can help us to determine a family, genus, and species. If we have parts of a dino, like this Styracosaurus, but we're missing a leg and a half of its tail, well, we know with that big frill and sharp beak and horns, it's a kind of a Ceratopsia, a relative of Triceratops. That means we can fill in the gaps with bones and structures that we found from other, similar animals. What about new species? How do you match up something that's never been found before? It turns out that can sometimes be pretty easy, too. Thanks to a concept called homology, the study of things that are similar. The human arm is made up of a few bones. The humerus, the radius, and the ulna, and the parts of the hand. The carpals, metacarpals, and phalanges. Now if you look at the arm of a chimpanzee, we see the same bones. Now they don't all look exactly the same, but they're similar and they do a similar job. Even animals that don't seem to have anything in common, bats, whales, rhinos, pterosaurs, even delong, all have the same homologous structures. It's the same in dinosaurs. So back to the drawing board. I couldn't find a skeletal reconstruction of D-Long that really met my needs, so I'm going to go one branch up the family tree. This is Eo Tyrannus, the Dawn Tyrant. I can scale this image to the size that I need and get a basic structure for my D-Long. Then, I'll use reference materials produced by the original discoverers to make structures unique to the D-Long. I think it's now time for our secret weapon. The Monoprice Mini-Delta is a 3D printer so compact it fits inside of a five-gallon bucket. And, as we've seen in several episodes before, the ability to scan and wirelessly share uh, accurate representations of rare dinosaur bones is a major trend in modern paleontology. The line at the bottom of this skeletal is called a scale bar. Now, you might have already known that, but these are exceptionally important. By measuring the length of the scale bar and comparing it to the original reconstruction, I can make sure to scale everything up to the size of my wire armature, which about an hour ago was a couple of wire clothes hangers. Using open source programs like Blender and Cura, I'm able to scale up this model of the skull and match it to the exact size of a living D-lung. The program Cura slices the 3D model and recreates it line by line in exacting detail. 3D printing and additive manufacturing technology represents a new age of modern innovation. But it's not exactly a rapid process yet. Printing this D-long skull is going to take some time. While we wait, let's go visit some real live dinosaurs. Shudder at of ferocious killer Tyrannosaurus rex. Could man have survived in the dinosaur age of mighty monsters? From the earliest days of paleontology, we've envisioned dinosaurs to be big, slow-moving, lumbering reptiles. Even the name dinosaur means terrible lizard. But for over half a century, we've come to acknowledge that the dinosaurs have a lot more in common with birds than they ever did with reptiles. In fact, some can argue that dinosaurs turning into birds was their destiny. Did you do it? Yes. What did it cost? Everything. So the Tyrant Kings and Thunder Lizards as we classically think of them may be gone for good. But the dinosaurs overall aren't really extinct. They're more... extinct-ish. Hey, that's the name of the episode. The Avian Reconditioning Center is open to the public every Saturday. But the tireless caretakers and educators who work here, such as Paula, Bill, and Michelle, among others, are here every day working with veterinary students from the University of Florida to nurse these injured raptors back to health. On the day that we filmed this, the winds were not very cooperative, so a lot of the audio that we originally filmed couldn't really be used at this point. But right now, I'm meeting with Michelle, one of the volunteer educators at the Avian Reach Conditioning Center, and Miss Q, who was a crested caracara. Crested caracaras are actively found in southern Florida, as well as along the southern border of the U.S. throughout Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. They're found extensively in Mexico. They're very social birds, unlike a lot of other birds of prey, which have a tendency to be more solitary. They mate for life, but a crested caracara can be found in very large social groups. They also have been known to socialize with black vultures. They've seen them actually interpreening with black vultures. Oh, wow. It's extremely extremely rare for a bird of prey to preen a different species. Interpreening with black vultures, that's cleaning the feathers and taking care of each other. That's incredibly rare. We don't often see birds of prey pruning or cleaning out the feathers of other raptors. The fleshy region of Q's face around her eyes and beak is called a sear. There are no feathers here, because in the wild her diet was mostly carrion. Digging out morsels of meat from found prey can get pretty messy, and the lack of feathers here allows for easier cleaning and inhibits bacterial growth. But that's not all. One amazing feature of the sear is its ability to change color based on the bird's mood. Right now, it's orangey and red, indicating that Q is comfortable and really enjoying herself. But if she gets excited, it can change to a bright yellow. While learning about these incredible birds, I was drawn to their most saurian features. Look at these feet. We can really make the case of the relationship between dinosaurs and birds by examining the three-toed feet of theropod dinosaurs and comparing them to the structures of these modern theropods. But yeah, there's definitely, you can see that relationship to the dinosaurs and their talons. These birds are very, you know, you have some birds that you see that they use their beak a lot more. The Crested Carecars are definitely more in the use of their feet. They, she likes to dig with her feet, she will whenever she's gone after we have a toy for her actually a dog toy and instead of her using primarily her feet she uses her feet more to move the blocks to get to her food. That's amazing. So I know that they do go one of the things that they will go after snakes which means you really have to have those strong feet. So they actually hunt snakes in the wild. They will. They're also carrying eaters as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I brought with me today oh she's looking at it. Uh-huh. I brought a, this is a replica of a cast of a velociraptor foot. Now, so this is the original fossil found in Mongolia, but we have the entire structure of all the, the metatarsals, so the ends of the foot bones, and the the sharp claws. But you said there's a different word that we use. We don't, we don't call them claws for birds, talons. they're talons. Mm-hmm. And then the, the sickle, the, the, the killing talon here has mm-hmm. a different name, doesn't it? Yes. What do we call the... So, it's your helix. the helix. Yeah, the helix, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Hallux is what they use as their, their most... That's yes. the best grip and that's for cutting, right? Mm-hmm. Can we see Q's Hallux? If she'll let us. Sure. She is Chris. very footsy. Oh, yeah. gotcha. She is very footsy. So that is her Hallux. that homology we were talking about. The similarities between the structures of the foot of Velociraptor and Q are striking. Scaly, padded feet with an incredible grip and that awesome hallux, the killer claw. There are many different types of raptors living at the rehabilitation center, each requiring specific care and unique approaches to their treatment. To learn more about their programs or even to contribute to the cause, visit arc4raptors.org. We'll use the link in the description below. These living dinosaurs are always looking for a caring heart, and they're a lot of fun, too. Oh, it's the face-off first. thing. <laughs> I won. <laughs> In our next episode, the skeleton of our D-Long is building into something awesome. Let's start to flesh out our new Tyrannosaur. Thanks very much for watching. If you enjoyed it, I'd appreciate a like. And if you want to see more, please consider subscribing and check out Dinosaur Podcast on Instagram. And remember, no matter what you do, where you're from, or how old you are, dinosaurs will always be awesome.